the downstairs of the BFA, the studios that we had, they just had tons of magazines lying around with all kinds of, I mean, different ones, all kinds of paintings in them. Um, and then I had a bunch of my own. So I really would just, anytime I saw something, I would just tear it out and keep it and then put it in my studio. So I had this giant stack of things that I loved. And so it is kind of what happened. I would just rifle through it when I was ready for a new painting and mixed with things I was thinking about and just put it up and pin it up on the wall. Yeah, the way I wanted. Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's episode 131, the second of the new year, we have Anne Carney, who is our BFA champion, our BFA winner from 2013, selected by Richard Holland of Bad at Sports and also selected by Demo Project for an exhibition. Her exhibition opens this Friday, January 9th at Demo Projects in Springfield, Illinois, so please check that out. Of course, if you're listening to Studio Break for the first time, we are a podcast and blog site. We feature a variety of different artists. They come on, they speak with me about their work, their studio practice, and we share all the interviews on Studio Break. Again, there are archives that you can go through month by month and check out all the great artists that you missed. Each of the blog posts have images of the artist's work, links to their websites, as well as links to the iTunes store where you can subscribe to the podcast. You'll also notice there are a number of different platforms that studio break is on like our facebook page so please like it you can follow us on tumblr that's studio-break.tumblr and if you like you can tweet us at studio break on twitter so please go ahead and do that All right, I'm excited this morning. Um, I'm joined with Ann Carney. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm excellent. You know, I, I was uh, boring you about the weather, so uh, <laughs> it'll be nice to talk to you a bit about your, your studio work and, of course, um, what you've been up to since graduating with your BFA. Of course, you were our uh, 2013 winner. It's kind of weird because it's 2014, but um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for submitting. And, and again, congratulations. Um, I do want to make an announcement that, again, you will have a show opening up uh, this Friday, um, January 9th at a Demo Project in Springfield, Illinois. So, Yeah, I'm really excited about it. It's going to be great. I don't know. It's it's nice to kind of see just just the the circle of artists that kind of wind up getting involved just by doing this. Um, mm-hmm. Very excited to have uh, have that coming through. So, well, before I run straight into left field, why don't we start out <laughs> by just getting a bit of a background? So, could we start by where are you speaking with us from, and we can kind of snake forward from there? What do you think? Um, right now, I'm in Charlottesville, Virginia, but I'm originally from Nashville, Tennessee. What kind of what kind of things were you interested in, in terms of the arts when you were younger? growing up um well my mom is a watercolor artist among many other things so she always had paints lying around and all kinds of different art supplies so she really just let me use anything I wanted and experiment with lots of different things from a really young age so I think I don't know if I had like a sketchbook all the time but I was always really doing different crafts knitting sculpey clay or Mm -hmm. um, any kind of paint so yeah, I think that's kind of where it originated. She just really encouraged that in me. And I even 
I think I got into her oil paints when I was in middle school, like way too young to be messing around with oil paint. Um, And I painted a vase with flowers and it's actually to this day still wet because I used some, I mixed some weird medium in there. Mm -hmm. And apparently that can happen where it's just, it doesn't ever dry. That's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, that was good. Well, and did you, did you have, did you take like formal classes while you're doing this or was it just your mom um, just kind of like encouraging you to just kind of, I don't know, make what you want. I mean, it's, it's interesting because I, I know, I guess from a different perspective, you know, like maybe like what a, a baseball coach kind of dad would do. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I mean, were, were, did they, did they kind of encourage you to take formal classes or was it just kind of like, you know, exploring what you want to do in, in terms of the arts and, and kind of making things? Yeah, they definitely encouraged that. I went to both of the high schools I went to were pretty, they had really good um, art programs and really good teachers. So I took a lot of classes in high school and then I was in AP art my senior year of high school, which was kind of, I guess, where it started. It kind of got me thinking about maybe continuing it and studying after high school. And I guess just because I'm thinking to myself, you know, like, what was I doing at this point in time? You know, I was probably like still drawing a, a spawn uh, comics and stuff like that. But I mean, were there, were there particular things that you were interested in at the time was like kind of being able to paint the figure something that was interesting at this point? Yeah, definitely the figure. Well, I don't know if I would say the figure because it was really portraits, I guess, like really faces. I I did not know how to paint really anything else. Um, But I've been going to Uganda since I was born. My parents have a non-government organization there. Um, So my AP art was basically focused on portraits of women that I'd met there. And so I was really into that for a long time and kind of thought, I just wanted to do portraits forever <laughs> and then um, got into school and learned about art and artists and realized that wasn't what I wanted to do. But um, yeah, so that was mainly what I was doing in high school and it kind of fueled ideas that I had later on. How, how did you wind up, um, I guess, deciding that that's what you wanted to do? I mean, was it just something that, you know, because your parents always had that, that kind of support, just something that you felt like, oh, I'm, you know, I can totally be an artist and go to school for this? Um, yeah, they definitely supported me. I think I felt like it was one of the only things I was really good at. And <laughs> being a sensitive person, I I was always really hard on myself. So I think I knew that I, that I had this talent of drawing and painting things that looked like what they were. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I guess I felt encouraged in that from other people, not just my family. And so I wanted to keep pursuing it. Sure, um, but sure. there were, there were a lot of other things also. I mean, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just knew that it had to be kind of a part of what I was doing in some way. So when did you start your BFA in Bloomington, right? University of Indiana, Bloomington. I took a year off after high school and then um, traveled around a bunch and then got into IU. And so I decided to join the BFA program two years in. And yeah, I I guess I kind of realized that if I, if I wasn't able, if I wasn't going to be pushed to have my own space and kind of form my own ideas, then I would just be painting still lifes for the rest of my life. And I (laughs) didn't really, I wanted to actually, I don't know, figure out something on my own. Right, right. Well, earlier you were talking about 
you know, working realistically or, you know, kind of working like, I guess, descriptively, observationally, if you will. Um, what was it like then to kind of be in this, this kind of program that, you know, kind of has a reputation for, for you know, observation and, and making works? Like, was that something that was like a very conscious decision? Like, I'm going to go here and, you know, learn, learn, you know, how to paint. Yeah, I actually do remember looking up the painting professors before I even um, got into Indiana University. And I knew that that's something I wanted to continue to perfect kind of, um, mm-hmm. because I, I wouldn't say I'm a perfectionist, but I, I, I wanted like a, cer- a certain quality of work and I knew I needed instruction for that. So yeah, I guess I, I knew that I needed that base sort of. Did you gravitate towards oil painting kind of right away? I mean, you, you had indicated that you had, you know, maybe kind of dipped in a little bit early, but, um, at this point, are you, you know, drawing a bunch, um, or, you know, studying those basic kind of classes? Yeah. Um, I took all the fundamentals. Oil paint was always from the second I got there though. That was kind of what I picked up. Um, and I had been doing a little bit of that before in high school. So I just knew that's what the material I wanted to work with, but it was definitely color theory was really important to me. I had a grad student, um, professor or teacher that was, that just taught me a lot about color theory. I didn't think that would affect so much, but it really did. So. Sure. Sure. Well, and I think that's something that, you know, becomes very apparent, you know, in terms of looking at the work and, and there's kind of like a level of sophistication in terms of, I don't know, mixing colors and especially kind of like neutrals and all sorts of things. Um, was it something too where you're kind of mixing? I don't know. Do they do they kind of explore um, painting aside from just the figure? I mean, is it something like as you're advancing where um, you're kind of able to? Well, you, you kind of mentioned still life, but I mean, were you painting still lives as well? Were you kind of doing all that stuff, or? Yeah, just really any observational work, um, even landscape. There was one professor, Caleb Weintrup, who I he was just amazing, and his fundamental class had a little bit more, there were some abstract projects that you could pursue. And, um, yeah, but mostly it was really just formal observation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I brought this up already once, but then, so how, how did you kind of go through this transition in terms of, I guess, thinking about the way that you're putting these together, you had kind of talked about how, I guess, previously you were basing these portraits off of, you know, your experience in, in terms of traveling and, and maybe kind of wanting to kind of, I don't know, bridge it to something that was more, I don't know, from your perspective, but could you kind of describe, um, I don't know, I guess your thoughts on that, how, how you, how you decide to make these, these works now. And, and I guess, um, I guess how that developed. Yeah. Um, so it all kind of started, I guess, if I could pinpoint one moment with, um, a, assignment to paint a portrait or something. It was in, it was in BFA. So it was like a side assignment where you had to paint the figure or something and bring it in. And I was just like, I can't find another friend to sit for me. Like they're just not going to do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I don't don't know how I'm going to get out of this. So I just ripped out a portrait of, I think some South American political leader in a magazine. And then I pinned it to the wall and just painted that. And I was like, this is so clever. I'm just going to paint a picture of a portrait of someone instead of an actual portrait. And then I had so much fun with it. So it kind of expanded from there. And then I became pretty obsessed with trompe l'oeil type of painting, Mm -hmm. which, um, 
I, I guess I just kept wanting more out of it. Like I kept wanting it to be better. And so I just kept doing it. And then realizing I got a lot of critique as to like, this is such a fast read. Um, mm-hmm. You know, where is this going? And so that ended up being really important to me because because I had I pinned all these things on my wall and I was actually looking at them. It sort of allowed me to be able to do that after I perfected that sort of or I wouldn't say perfected. That's a crazy word. But after (laughs) I um, felt comfortable doing that, I was kind of able to invent things myself. And, you know, now I don't have to have a wall. And then I was able to make more intellectual decisions and, um, yeah, formal decisions that felt more like what I was doing and less, you know, just looking at something and painting it. Well, and, and I think it kind of brings up something that's interesting already just in that, in that formula. I mean, in terms of kind of like, I don't know, just kind of like, it seems like it acknowledges that it's, that it's not a painting or not, not a painting, but not an illusion rather. You know what I mean? Like right, in the same yeah. way that you're, you're, you know, you can imagine kind of walking into like maybe like a peers review or something like that. And, you know, again, the ideas about it being an illusion where, you know, when you can kind of see these, these collaged elements, um, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It kind of acknowledges that it's, I don't know, that it's not just a, not, not just a painting of something as an illusion. So is that something right. that you became interested in? What kind of, what kind of artists were you looking at, um, in terms of jumpstarting that I'm sure, I don't know, in a weird way, like you kind of, it seems like it, when you're at BFA, you kind of almost like fight against the, the wave for a while. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> yeah. you're trying to do something and then people are like, oh, don't do that. You got to do this. And yeah. I don't know. And then when you kind of hit it, it's just like some, I don't know, it seems like a switch that goes off. But um, what kind of changed for you in terms of like what you were looking at in terms of possibilities? And um, so I, I became really obsessed with a few artists. And if if I got attached to one, it was kind of like I tunnel vision focused on them. And I had some professors that would say, it's okay if you, if your paintings are not copies of them, but you're really looking at what they're doing and you love it so much that you're going to try and imitate it in some way. So they were like, that's okay because that's going to evolve into something new that, you know, something with your hand in it. So Gregory Gillespie was probably one of the first that I was really obsessed with. Um, and then after that, Matthias Weischer, I'm not positive if I'm pronouncing that right, but he, he's still like my all-time favorite painter. Um, so he was a part of the New Leipzig School, which I, yeah, I really enjoyed researching um, kind of his process. And yeah, I just, I love his painting. So I would say that that was the main inspiration going on. At the time, you're kind of learning all these things about art history and and kind of being exposed to things that you maybe didn't know about. Did you have a chance to kind of go and and see any of these works in person? Um, I didn't actually see any of those in person, but I did. I studied in Florence, Italy for a summer and I saw a lot of work then. And that was before, um, I think in between my BFA and that was really important to me. I mean, just seeing, I guess it's not those artists that I was talking about, but mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there is something really different about seeing it in person and just having that emotional response and really just wanting to get started on 
all those things immediately. One thing that we haven't really talked about then is also like the, the process in terms of how you're, you're putting these together. So, you know, you kind of talked about how, you know, you started being able to kind of, um, you know, formulate these, um, are, are these like pieces that you're formulating out by like working through them as paintings, as drawings, as collages? I mean, how do you get started on these? I still don't really have a set formula. I think I'm still working on it and I'll switch around a little bit, but mainly, I'll probably start with, I kind of will have like the bones of the painting in mind because I'm not actually very good at painting architecture. Like I don't really know how (laughs) to do it. So I'll just have some like walls or what I'll see a space that is really interesting from a certain angle and then um, just kind of draw some pencil lines, but not, I, I try not to constrain myself too much with the pencil. So I don't do too much of that. And then I've been actually using acrylic paint first because I've been using some neon, some really bright colors that I can't get with oils, uh, which is nice because I don't worry about it looking good because it's just the bottom layer. So I think I've been trying to be more messy with the paint at the start because that allows me to be more free later. Um, and then, yeah, things kind of change around depending on how I'm feeling. Or Well, it's it's interesting, especially to think about the surface. And again, we can kind of talk about specific ones, which is something that I definitely want to do. But there's um, this um, one that looks like it has a series of different kind of like torn portraits um, with this yellow kind of like brick wall. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, it seems like there's some areas in there that are almost kind of like, like the canvas is stained and then maybe some that are kind of like, I don't know, really worked up. Um, I would imagine some of them are just illusionistic, but is that something that kind of like, I don't know, allows you to have a balance in terms of just using maybe like an acrylic approach or like kind of underpainting versus like painting over the top of it? Um, yeah, definitely. And it kind of allows for a process where I can choose when I want to stop or not, or if it looks, cause it's just as surprising to me when something looks <laughs> like what it looks like on the wall. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's always like, whoa, okay. And now I'm going to stop and move on to something else. So yeah, I think that does help. And just, I mean, again, I was experimenting a lot. So every section of that is like, what would happen if I mixed a ton of turpentine with this and just covered this area. And then other times, just smeared this gross paint on the bottom and make a thick surface. So I, I don't know. Yeah. A lot of that was experimenting as well. Well, and it's interesting too, because like, again, so many of the, the paintings kind of have these, I don't know, kind of um, gray interiors with all these, you know, very uh, subtle kind of muted colors. Is that something that you might incorporate from your day-to-day experience, you know, just kind of being in different rooms, noticing different kind of color shadows and highlights and all sorts of things like that, light pouring into a room? Yeah, definitely. So once I started, it kind of opened up a whole can of worms to where I would just could see if you see a shadow on a white wall, like it seems so simple. The shadow is going to be this one color, but then once you start looking at it, it's so there's warms and and um, cool temperatures and just all kinds of different things. So I think I got kind of lost in that with the neutral colors. And so I think now I'm kind of trying to break away or or try new things, but that was definitely infatuating. Um, I was infatuated with that for a while, just all the differences in such a subtle um, surface. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm curious too. I mean, where, where do you uh, sit with photography? Is that something that you utilize in terms of, a, of of approach, or is that something where you know you kind of are collecting um, I don't know images and and kind of resources to kind of be able to incorporate into a, a painting? Um, 
I don't use photography too much. I think maybe if I come across something and I have my phone that I want to remember as, as in terms of like, um, perspective or the way a space is set up, but mostly I'm looking at other paintings and compositions that are interesting or just keeping things in my mind. So I, I would say I don't really use photography that much. I, probably stay away from that you know certainly like you have a lot of like art historical references and in, in some of these pieces i mean is it something too where you're you're kind of collecting these images just from things that you find are some of them kind of made to look like they're these kind of torn out things i, I don't know why i'm just because i because when i look at it i just imagine that i want to see i don't know maybe just like some big kind of like warehouse space with all these different I don't know, things kind of pinned up on the wall or, you know what I mean? Like I'm just trying to figure out how all that fits together, you know? Yeah. So that is how it started. I just had tons of magazines and the downstairs of the BFA, the studios that we had, they just had tons of magazines lying around with all kinds of, I mean, different ones, all kinds of paintings in them. Um, and then I had a bunch of my own. So I really would just, anytime I saw something, I would just tear it out and keep it and then put it in my studio so I had this giant stack of things that I loved. And so it is kind of what happened. I would just rifle through it when I was ready for a new painting and mixed with things I was thinking about and just put it up and um, pin it up on the wall. Yeah, the way I wanted. So that kind of now I don't do that as much. I'll find images and then I don't need to actually put them on the wall anymore. Although, I mean, I wouldn't say I would completely stop doing that, but mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that is kind of how it started. And it's, it's mainly just what kind of pops out at me aesthetically. Well, and, and I'm curious too, cause like, it seems like in some of them, you know, you can kind of see underpainting, you know, kind of peeking through is, is there like a, like a certain strategies in terms of like, especially I'm thinking like color wise that, I mean, do you do color specific underpaintings or are you trying to just kind of match the colors that you see with acrylic and then you know that you're going to work back over the top of them because again this there's one in here and it's kind of so kind of an interesting painting of what looks like almost like a i don't know weird attic space with this kind of like tundrally duct work in it but there's kind of like these really intense kind of like looking red or pink kind of like um looks like it's popping out from the corner of the wall you know so i i have been starting with some bright neon colors and with the intention of them kind of peeking through at some time. But yeah, I I don't know if I have a plan. I think that's kind of my way of trying to loosen up Mm -hmm. the beginning of a painting. So I have more options later, but I I definitely like the idea of underpainting. It really helps me a lot. And even for some of the figures lately, I've been trying to do an underlayer in acrylic. So I don't feel so um, it doesn't feel so permanent. And then, going over it in oil, which has been helping me. I was going to ask if that's a welcomed uh, thing, you know, this process of kind of reworking. It's definitely helpful for me because I think I get really discouraged easily, um, especially when I'm so excited about trying to get something down. And then it's like the first three hours and then all of a sudden I hate the painting and it's horrible. Mm -hmm. And so it really helps for me to just go into it with the mindset of, this is going to look really bad for the majority (laughs) of the time and until it looks good and that's okay. So, um, is it something too, where like, you know, by kind of like leaving it more open, then you can kind of have a little bit more play in terms of, I don't know, the way something might change as, as it evolves. I like being able to choose what I 
can keep and what I can't keep, I guess. <laughs> to me, it seems like a sound strategy almost like, you know, like, like just kind of acknowledging this is going to be a process, you know, how do you decide like what you wind up choosing in some of these things? And cause it, cause it seems like there's some that might be art historical. There's some that might be kind of more political maybe, or, or kind of like, um, related more to that. So is it something that they, they can kind of change between each painting or? Yeah, definitely. It, it kind of depends on what I'm reading or thinking about at the time, but I th- I would say the majority of the time it it's kind of gender issues and um, even religious kind of issues in the world. So I think those are reoccurring things. And then because I'm constantly looking at at images, I'll just, it's easier for me to use someone else's imagery kind of to my own purpose because I like that subtlety sort of. And I mean, I guess it is kind of stealing, like I'm shamelessly (laughs) stealing other people's imagery, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to be so confrontational about it because I'm not even so sure about what I'm thinking. It's just kind of like what's in my mind, I guess. I was going to say there's something really interesting in about it because you kind of bring it into this this space that's, you know, either kind of like a, a narrow kind of room interior or like a flat wall space. But mm-hmm. but it strikes me that that's something that's pretty universal. Right. So it's something that's that becomes kind of interesting in terms of like what someone might um, piece together. Um, mm-hmm. now one thing that we haven't really talked about either though, is the way that like do titles kind of play a role in that in terms of kind of revealing anything to the viewer about, you know, maybe what your, what your underlying interests are, or is that something that's left up to the viewer? Um, yeah, I think I would like it to be left up to the viewer. The titles for my thesis were all, uh, Sherlock Holmes stories. Uh, so I guess, I kind of wanted to leave it open. Like this is a story sort of there can be kind of like a bunch of different ways that your mind could go. Um, And then I was also thinking a lot about identity and kind of like you said, how everyone has a space that they're occupying and what is in the space is is kind of an intimate reflection of a person, whether it's real or not. So, so I guess that's kind of the reason behind the titles, but I would, I just, Ultimately, it would be good if people were thinking about anything in general, like any type of storyline um, while they're looking at the paintings. But I, I wouldn't want to tell anyone really what to think. Well, it's it's just a, it's interesting because, again, I think no matter what your intentions are, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you, know, it's, you can never really guarantee, right? I mean, nobody can. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah. And, and one thing that I'm curious about that we haven't talked about either is, is the scale of these. What, what are the sizes of some of these paintings? Are they kind of medium scale, large, small? Um, they're pretty small. I'd say most of them are about 20 inches by 20 inches or 20 by 40. Okay. So, yeah, they're pretty small. I haven't figured that out yet, the scale thing. That's something I'm, I'm trying to work through. Well, and again, you kind of mentioned kind of religious um, kind of undertones and some aspect of it, like the first image that's, um, you know, on your on your under your work for your website. It's kind of like a very long kind of like tall wall. And then, you know, there's kind of some perspective in the bottom that kind of narrows down, you know, to kind of show you the the space. Um, I don't know. It just it just struck me as being something like, I don't know almost like a religious moment and something that's kind of so muted. Yeah. I've, I've heard that before a couple of times from some professors and it is really interesting to me. I think that perspective and that size just 
I mean, maybe kind of like reminds people of... It makes me think of like a Tibetan, you know, like sand paintings mm-hmm. or something like that. There's there's that piece on there that kind of reminds me of that. But I mean, like just this act of kind of like kneeling down in front of something or kind of paying homage to something. Yeah, and yeah. Again, I'm on a real stretch today, so <laughs> obviously this can kind of completely miss the mark. But I don't know. There's just something really interesting to that kind of like very kind of like short perspective that kind of puts you in that, that place almost. I don't know. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is something I think about a lot is, um, sort of how religion, how it works today with our culture and how kind of unpopular religion is really like any type, I guess. So I do think about that a lot. And I like that those simple spaces that do seem kind of private maybe, or sacred in a way. So you, you graduated last year then, um, now officially a year. (laughs) Um, so what have you been up to since then? And gosh, even the adjustment of just going from like a studio that's half the size of your old studio, (laughs) you know, aside from life stuff, but what's happened in that, in that time? Have you kind of gone through any transitions at all or new work that you're interested in making? Yeah. So, um, I went right after I graduated, I went on a backpacking trip for about six weeks in, um, in England. And that really kind of gave me a lot of time to myself to think about what I wanted to do. And I kind of knew I wanted this time to really try and paint and, um, focus on it and see what happens. So I decided to move to Charlottesville just temporarily and, a church here is letting me use their attic office space for a studio, which is so nice of them. Um, So that's actually one of the attic space paintings is kind of from that studio space. But uh, yeah, so I've just been working in the evenings and painting during the day and trying to kind of figure out how to paint without having peers and teachers sort of help me out. So I mean, it's hard, but it's good. It's good to be pushed in that way, I guess. It's been nice. And, and so is this kind of like a new environment in terms of just like you, have you ever lived in, in Charlottesville before? Uh, my best friend lives here, but she's really the only, her family's the only one I know. So yeah, it was definitely a random decision. I just wanted to kind of get out of my comfort zone a little bit. So to me, again, it's always exciting because I think, you know, you, you kind of forget what you know about a place after you've been living there for a long time. So when you go to a new one, it's like, the, I don't know why it always just seems like a whole new world in some ways, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, definitely. So, so what can people uh, look forward to seeing, you know, that are going to be coming out to this exhibition at, at demo project. Again, this is uh, January 9th. This is in Springfield. It's kind of a, uh, a funky yet very cool space run by um, Jeff Robinson and Allison Locker. So yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, I'm kind of continuing with the, space art historical imagery type paintings but I'm trying to expand them and um kind of use the imagery in different more unconventional ways on my surface so I I mean it's still similar stuff but maybe some more neon pink and (laughs) yeah I don't know it's kind of a great place to be in you know so yeah it's very exciting it is yeah I'm looking forward to having some feedback because it is kind of like go back and forth is this this is good right or is it or is it horrible (laughs) I don't know Um, and, and so do you have any other big plans? I mean, do you have other exhibitions that are coming up or, or are you just going to be taking this time to kind of really, you know, focus and, and, uh, make art? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of my plan is just keep painting as much as I can and see what happens with that and then sort of reevaluate in May and see what I want to do. If anybody wants to find out wh- about your work, uh, wh- where should they go? Are there other blogs? Are there, um, other, other ways to get in touch with you? Um, I have a website, com, 
And I also have sort of a Pinterest with a studio page that has less, mm, I'm sort of like blog stuff, things going on. Um, but yeah, um, my email's on my website. Awesome. Awesome. Well, again, uh, thanks so much for taking the time. It was a, a pleasure to talk to you. And again, thanks so much for applying to our uh, competition. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks once again, Anne, for joining us. Please go check out her website, Anne Carney Reigns. And better yet, go check out her exhibition opening up this Friday, January 9th at Demo Project at 6 p.m. You don't want to miss it. Again, we recently had Jeff Robinson and Allison Locker from Demo Project on episode 122. So if you want to find out more about their history as a space, you can listen to that episode. And before I forget, thanks once again to Richard Holland of the Bad at Sports podcast for being our juror. Again, we wouldn't have found out about Anne's work if not for our annual competition. Again, look out for that in May. We do want to remind new listeners that there are a number of different interviews on Studio Break that you can check out. Stream them right there. You can go and check out their images, go to their websites. You can check out old interviews through the archive function on the left sidebar. Or you can follow that hyperlink to the iTunes store, subscribe to the podcast, and never miss one that way. Again, very easy to go back through the archives that way as well. We do ask that if you like this podcast, you leave us some comments, some feedback in iTunes. Again, it just helps others out there, oddly enough, who love listening to podcasts, find new ones to listen to. So thanks for leaving comments there. And thanks for spreading the word. Again, we are on Facebook, so please like our Facebook page. We share announcements, opportunities like the recent one from the Mattress Factory taking submissions. So please like our Facebook page. You can follow us on Tumblr. That's studio-break.tumblr. And, of course, please tweet us artwork and interesting stuff at Studio Break on Twitter. Lastly, we want to thank Skylar Mail for providing the music to Studio Break. Again, SkylarMail.com to see multimedia artist, painter, musician, Skylar Mail. So do that. And, of course, if you want, you can check out my artwork at DavidLinaway.com. See some of the recent paintings all up there right now for your pleasure. All right. Thanks again so much for listening, and we'll talk to you real soon. <laughs>